Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, where we give nonprofits a voice to share their purpose and their passion, their mission and their vision, and how they are making a difference in our community. Our hope is that you will be inspired to use your time, your talent, and or your treasure to bless someone and make a difference in some way as well. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. On today's show, we're going to talk about building strong community for generations to come through the relationships that we build today. It's been said that personal relationships are the fertile soil from which all advancement, all success, all achievement in real life grows. Quality relationships, whether they're business or personal, they involve accountability and integrity, allowing everyone to thrive in a culture of growth and learning. Thriving, accountability, integrity, these are three of EIG's eight core values. John Maxwell, some of you may be familiar with him, he's one of my favorite authors, he once said, integrity is important in building relationships and is the foundation upon which many other qualities for success are built, such as respect, dignity, and trust. So all these words, these attributes, accountability, integrity, respect, dignity, trust, the ability to thrive, they're all so key in developing relationships that last and that build strong community. Today we're going to learn about two nonprofits who are modeling this concept of building great relationships, which in turn build great communities, not only for a local impact, but also for an international reach. We'll learn how this concept has served millions of men and women who share a common desire to forge connections and make a difference. My first guests today are Lisa Werner, District Governor for Rotary District 6270, which reaches from the southeast corner of Wisconsin up to Nina Menasha and over to Two Rivers, Manitowoc. And Julie Craig, Managing Partner at Gordon Meyer and & Company and former Rotary District Governor. Welcome to the show today, Lisa and Julie. Morning. Thanks for having us. Morning. So good to be here. And well, we're glad to have you here and learn more about Rotary. Why don't you guys both share your personal why and what brought you to being involved with Rotary? Well, you were talking about relationships, an excellent part to start on this. Um, Rotary is obviously this very large organization, 1.2 million members, 34,000 clubs around the world. You know, how does that boil down to relationships, right, when you think so many people? Um, but it's amazing how it's so interconnected. And so I was serving as district governor one year here in the southeast area, uh, similar to Lisa, and she was actually the club president in her club that year. And I took the time to meet one-on-one -on -one with each of the club presidents and build that sense of relationship. And so um, we've known each other now and been um, part of each other's lives uh, since then. And so it's really great to be here on the show with her today. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. And it started, I was really inspired by Julie in her role because she really wanted to make a difference. She wanted to get the word out about Rotary and I was willing to help whichever way I could. Again, that whole idea of relationships and, and you never know where it's going to go, right? And, and how it's going to build. You know, with regard to that, we talk about building relationships and this respect and the dignity and the trust, which in turn builds strong communities. Share with us how Rotary does that. Well, as Julie mentioned, Rotary is gigantic. 1.2 million Rotarians, 35,000 clubs around the world, and they foster making relationships with other Rotarians. It is 
introduced to every Rotarian that joins. It is something that they're encouraged to do. They know that they can go to any city at any time, reach out to a Rotary Club, and they have friends instantly. And it's not only friends, it's business connections, uh, mm. future partners. It's sky's the limit as far as the relationships are concerned. Another way we form relationships, though, is really through the service that we do. So last year, Rotarians around the world did 16 million hours of service with an economic impact of $450 million. I mean, it's gigantic. Mm. And you make relationships while you're doing that service. You get to know the people you're serving with. You get to know the communities that you're helping. Other people see you and they want to know more about you. So it's very, very easy for your service in Rotary to foster those relationships. And then you guys have like seven areas of focus, right? Yeah. Well, and and to her point, I think about relationships, and she was saying uh, projects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have relationships with people in India, and that's where we birthed doing some global grants actually together and making some initiatives there. And so the Rotary um, actually has a foundation side to a piece of, piece to it for a four star foundation. Um, it was only this is the amazing part twenty six dollars and fifty cents in nineteen seventeen started that foundation and it is now over one point one billion dollars. Wow. And to think that just in one year alone in twenty twenty they gave three hundred and thirty nine disaster response grants of 8.4 million. They gave 490 district grants of 33.6 million and 1,359 uh, global grants of 95 million. I mean, that's mm. a lot of numbers, but Talk I think about impact, right? Yeah. And I think what it boils back to is this relationship thing we're talking about today, because I think when you can actually connect with somebody, even if they're on the other part of the world. And I remember sitting in India and we had did a ribbon cutting for dialysis machines. And these people were just crying in tears of gratitude because they were driving hours with money they didn't even have to try to get dialysis treatment. And we kind of forget here in the States because we have so much, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. right. Yeah. Can you guys just talk briefly about your seven areas of focus, just so people get a broad sure. spectrum of yep, all the absolutely. things that you guys do? Maybe people don't know. You're right. And they've been developed all along the way, driven by what Rotary sees as a need in the world. So it's been identified through research, or it actually comes up from the club level. So Rotarians and themselves see the need, start working toward the need, and ask Rotary to pick up the cause. So the seven areas of focus that we have right now are promoting peace, fighting disease, providing clean water, sanitation, and hygiene, saving mothers and children, supporting education, growing local economies, and then new for this year, protecting the environment. Those are no small tasks there. (laughs) That's quite an undertaking. So, okay, so you mentioned this protecting the environment was a new area of focus for Rotary. How new is it, and and why did you introduce that area of focus? Right, so it was started July 1st of this year, and it actually started out of what's called a Rotary Action Group. So Rotary lets Rotarians come up with certain causes that they want to work toward. So in this case, there was a group of Rotarians who wanted to work toward um, helping the environment. And they grew in their impact so much that when they came to Rotary and said, hey, we think you need to make this an area of focus, they gladly reviewed it and then made it happen. So everyone was really excited. Well, and I think this idea of environment and sustainability is a hot topic nowadays, right? Absolutely. Uh, we even have a sustainability special interest group at EIG among the uh, the other ones that we have. But we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to dive deeper into this idea of protecting the environment. We're going to learn how Rotary is focusing on that. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, 
Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Lisa Werner and Julie Craig, representing Rotary District 6270. So let's talk about a subject that's quite popular right now, and that is environment and sustainability. Uh, We talked a little bit about it in the previous segment. How are Rotary Clubs specifically in our area focusing on this environment issue? Sure. Well, and it actually, my first memory with environmental movements within Rotary was actually in the 2017-18 year when the then Rotary International Director, Ian Riceley challenged every Rotarian to plant a tree for every Rotarian. So 1.2 million trees wow. for 1.2 million <laughs> Rotarians. Right. Wow. And uh, when we got that call, we decided um, in Nina, which is my Rotary Club, to partner with the local park and rec department and also a local elementary school. The park and rec department sourced the trees for us. They provided the heavy equipment and the place to plant them. Mm. We paid for that and then provided volunteers. And the kids also helped us the day of the event. We went out to a park on a beautiful Friday morning. They had the holes built for the trees. They had the trees ready to go. We did a little introduction for the kids so they would understand why we were doing what we were doing. Um, And the kids and Rotarians went ahead and we... uh, planted the trees um, there in Nina. So that was a great, impactful thing. The trees are still there today. All the kids named the trees while we were planting them. Oh, so of course. It was, a really, it was a really cute day, and it made a big difference. That park is a lot more beautiful because of the trees that are there. Well, and you think about how that cultivates relationships, mm-hmm. you know, and cross generations, right? You yep. know, you've got the kids involved. You've got Rotarians that I'm sure age and range, you know, there's quite a broad spectrum Absolutely. there. Um, and just an awesome way to bring generations together and build build relationships. And we've had kids that have come up to us when we were doing other school events saying, hey, I remember when I helped plant trees at that park. Mm. So super cute. And they're going to be able to come back generations later Mm -hmm. and say, this is what I did when I was a kid. I mean, how cool is that? And then maybe giving people ideas for what they can do to help in sustainability Mm -hmm. efforts. Yeah, absolutely. How is your district then this 6270 district that you represent, how how are you focusing on the environment? Well, we have a a couple things. So when protecting the environment became an area of focus for Rotary, that opened up Rotary International funds for projects in that area. So we have clubs like West Bend Sunrise, who's going to be working on repairs and improvements to hiking trails for safety and accessibility at the Lac-Loran Conservancy this month. We have Two Rivers, who's going to be constructing an ivy tunnel at an arboretum. Sheboygan's working with local groups to mitigate the emerald ash borer. In here in Milwaukee, Rotaractors are going to be working with the River Revitalization Foundation to plant trees in the Milwaukee River Greenway. The Milwaukee Club is working with the Urban Ecology Center to protect trees at the Milwaukee Rotary Centennial Arboretum. So those are just a couple of the projects that are going to be done this year um, that are all focused on the environment. We are also partnering with districts to our north and our west, which cover almost the entire state of Wisconsin and the upper peninsula of Michigan, on an environmental week of service. And then we're just asking clubs to focus on the environment that week. So clubs can learn something about the environment by having a speaker that's focused on that come in. They can actually do a project either by themselves in coordination with other clubs or in coordination with their communities to specifically focus on the environment that week. If every club did something, we would make a huge impact in the state of Wisconsin and the UP um, all in one week. It's pretty exciting. We say that all the time, that if one person would do something, 
you know, and oftentimes people are like, I'm just one person. You know, I can't, what can I do? Well, you can do something. And if one person does things, it might trigger other people to do things. And then it's a domino effect and you have many more people getting involved. But if you go in with the mindset of, if not me, then who? Right. And you just say, okay, I'm going to do something regardless if anybody else is going to. I'm going to plant a tree. You know, people Mm -hmm. can do that on their own anywhere. Right. Right. That's an easy thing to do. And then you speak to that sustainability effort that is is so popular. Um, But the environment isn't the only thing that you guys focus on. So what else is a newer movement within Rotary? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. I mean, that's really been a factor that I think a lot of Rotarians have really gotten behind. Um, I think for a long time, we've been really passionate about lifting women in leadership in Rotary, and we are so honored and thrilled to say that we have our first female president at the Rotary International Mm -hmm. level, Jennifer Jones, that'll be serving. Nice. Um, And she was a director when I was district governor, and it's just been such a charm to watch that relationship um, with Rotary for her grow and blossom. And on this diversity, equity, inclusion, which always blows me away, and I think people don't think about it. Um, when I was in Africa, actually, I, I was a speaker at one of their conferences, and I was, you know, having dinner with everybody, and someone came up to me, and they said, you know, I just have to say to you, I am so thankful that you're here, and I'm like, well, no, I feel really honored to be here, and they said, no, but, you know, you're adding diversity to our conference, and for me mm-hmm. as a white person <laughs> to know that I was adding diversity someplace, but I think we kind of forget, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, we kind of focus on us as America, and sometimes we forget that diversity, equity, inclusion is a global thing too, right? Getting to know people in other countries and being parts of their lives. Absolutely. And then you guys have this peace building thing, which I think is great, which yeah. doesn't need peace, right? right. And, <laughs> Everybody and peace. does everywhere. Right. Global. That's a global effort, right? Yeah. And it's um, Rotary's actually been involved with the United Nations since its inception, which is really cool. We serve as a consultant to the group. We have peace universities that are at select colleges around the world. Um, we offer scholarships to um, many students to travel to those universities and learn more. We had a really interesting story with an ambas- ambassadorial scholar by the name of Bethany Lurch. We helped pay for her master's at the University of St. Andrews pursuing terrorism studies. She then visited Afghanistan as a part of it and later visited as a trainer on gender integration and resource management and a coalition military advisor with the U.S. government, and worked to bring over an Afghan woman here to study at the University of Oshkosh. She personally came back, and she's received her master's in clinical mental health counseling oh um, and just graduated. So it's that was something where we had the money. We were able to support her. She went and not only made a difference in the lives of women there, she came back, and she's going to continue to make a change and make a positive impact on the lives here in our area. Can you imagine what a mentor she is, not only here, Certainly, but back in her homeland. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. that's that's wonderful. Wow. Uh, again, talk about building relationships and all the people that she has met over here, and then can take that experience back to where she came from and say, you know, there's a lot of good people out in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we want that to resonate with people all over, right? Right. Um, so we know how uh, the Rotary clubs are helping locally, and curious about how you help on an international scale. You gave that example prior to, which was wonderful. But what are some other ways that that Rotarians are helping on on an international scale? Yeah, internationally, um, obviously, we have the foundation. We do grants. 
Um, and we also have a program called Friendship Exchange, which helps build that sense of bond and friendship between different parts of the world and people who may not have never known each other till that time. And there is a project, for instance, that we're able to do is water and sanitation, right? That's a big focus for us. Uh, so when you talk internationally, we're really fortunate. I can wake up in the morning, turn on my faucet, I can take a shower. Um, but I've traveled to Africa and I've seen these people where, you know, they're carrying water on their, you know, head for miles just to get water. And this is water that they maybe got from a stream where the cows were bathing and everybody else was washing their clothes. And you, you can't even see through the water sometimes. And it's just heart-wrenching when you see that. Um, because again, we are so, so lucky here. And we kind of forget how lucky we are because we're so privileged every day. And so on an impact level there, for instance, um, I'm working on a water project that's going to help 48,000 people in the Kitawanga area of Uganda get clean water. We're going to be building an entire distribution system. And I have also have very close friends in the Bahamas, and they were very instrumental in helping over in Haiti and helping Haiti get clean water and a lot of initiatives in the Haiti area. Um, so it's really this amazing thing when you watch Rhodey internationally and how they step up when they see that there's a need in some of these areas to make a difference and make an impact. And I think it's so wonderful for Americans to travel to other parts of the world to see how people live. I've been all over the world myself and have been to some pretty scary areas. And to just take yourself out of your element, like you said, we take it for granted, all the blessings that we have here and all the ways that we're fortunate. But if you have the opportunity to get outside of your little bubble, not that there's places you can't go to in the United States where mm -hmm. you're going to see you know, devastation and, and uh, struggle. Uh, we know that that's the case. But nothing like you see in and around the world. So if anybody ever has the opportunity to do that, and then you come back like you're doing, Julie, and you can educate people back here and say, I've been there. I've seen it firsthand. Mm -hmm. And you have a different, I think of Karen too, when she went to Africa and Ethiopia and Kenya and the Oma Valley, and she came back and said, what can I do to help Africa? You know what? So she's doing, you know, multiple things. But then that also spurred her on to say, what can I do here locally? Yeah. And that's kind of what started the radio show. You know, so you think about, OK, you go to these places that are struggling. You see how you can make a difference. Yeah. If, if, if even just you individually and then you can collectively come together and make a, a really great impact. Um, so many wonderful things that you guys are doing. So besides the clean water, we also do a lot on fighting disease. So cleaning the water does help with that because we help prevent a lot of things from happening. But we do have projects. So you'd mentioned Haiti. Uh, there's a project that's funded where we actually help pay for a doctor that is in this very remote area of the island. We do provide volunteers. So there are dentists, there are nurses, there are doctors that volunteer their time to go down. The people walk from miles around in the mountains of Haiti to come and get treatment that day. Um, so that's really interesting. We also obviously have done this polio eradication effort, which is a huge part of Rotary. We've given vaccinations um, around the world. Polio is now only endemic in two countries, um, and we're working to get those taken care of as well. Um, and that goes back to actually, so the polio fight has actually led to great relationships around the world because we are out there, we're providing that people are getting to know us and we're getting to know them. Hmm. So, so wonderful to hear about all the ways you guys are making an impact, again, locally as well as internationally. Um, what can people do if they want to learn more about Rotary or some of these specific things you're talking about? What's the best way for people to get information? It's pretty simple. They can go to rotary.org. 
That's easy. It's really easy. <laughs> we the, love it when it's easy. The website has information on the global projects we were talking about, and it has information on our fight to end polio. It has links to give money to the foundation. Uh, it has a club finder feature, so if people want to know more and get involved locally, they can find a local club uh, by using that feature. So rotary.org. Okay, wonderful. Wow. Well, thank you both for being here. It's wonderful. Lots of information we talked about. Yes. I say all the time that we're just planting a mustard seed. So yeah. if you want to get more information about all the great things Rotary is doing, just uh, Google Rotary or just great. go to Rotary. Dot org. <laughs> yeah, that's that simple. Thank you. Well, we talked a bit about how Rotary is building these great relationships, which in turn create these great, thriving communities, right? Um, stay tuned because when we return, we'll hear about an example of this and how a friendship exchange in Nigeria has turned into a Rotary action group focusing on hepatitis screening and testing. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back after commercial break. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. And I've actually asked Julie Craig to stick around for the second half of the show because in addition to the other things she does, she is also the president of the Marvell Foundation, who provides outreach regarding education, water and sanitation, health care, peace building, and so much more to African communities and others around the world. And also joining us today, we have the privilege of welcoming Oye Oyewo, who is the vice president of Marvell Foundation and is also a passionate Rotarian who serves as leadership team chair and charter president of Rotary in his area. So welcome and thank you for joining us on the show today, Oye. Thank you for having me on your program. You're welcome. So let's start first by having you, Julie, share how did this whole idea of starting a nonprofit come about? Yeah, I love telling this story. Um, as a Rotarian, there's a program that they have called Friendship Exchange. And I heard about it during my year as district governor and brought that program to our district. And what was the first exchange was in India. And then we had one with the Bahamas. And we had then one with Nigeria. And so um, the, what happens on a friendship exchange, for those of you who aren't familiar, you connect with another district in any part of the world. Uh, they actually put together a team of about 10 or 12 people, and then you put a team together. And so that team comes and visits your area, and you go visit their area. So um, when you go visit, it's really a multifaceted aspect. You're staying in their homes. You're treated as if you're a friend. Mm, that's um, nice. Yeah, they make sure to, you know, you don't pay, you pay local price, local price, nothing, you know, tourist price, no local. And so much more of a, of a different experience, I think, being yeah. as part of a family member as opposed to oh, a yeah. tourist, let's say. I, I've been to Indian weddings in the middle of India. Mm. I mean, I've been to, you know, births. I've been to, yeah, it's been amazing the things that they take you as part of their family journey. But then with that, you actually go into businesses and you tour businesses. Um, when we were in Nigeria, we had the privilege of going into a manufacturer that did manufacturing with yams and made flowers and things. Um, and it was amazing to see what they were doing. Um, but also you see things on a governmental level. So I've been blessed with the privilege of being able to go and meet with the vice president of Uganda as a representative for Rotary, as well as when we were in Nigeria, we were in their assembly, actually, and they, their assembly recognized us and had us stand up. Mm-hmm. And so to see how other governments work, right? And I think get that bigger picture and bigger understanding. So in terms of friendship exchange, um, what happened is um, we hosted a friendship exchange, like I had mentioned, with Nigeria. And 
during COVID, um, you know, we I tried to stay in touch with a lot of those people because to me they were like family, right? And so during that period in which we were very disconnected and couldn't see people, you know, talk on the phone. And I was one night on the phone with one of the exchange team members, Osai, who is a neurologist up in Jos in Nigeria, and we were just kind of sharing how we wanted to stay positive. And I had said how I really felt God had been calling me for quite some time to start a foundation, but kept thinking this is crazy. Um, but somehow in the middle of COVID, I really just felt much stronger that this was the time. And it was really amazing to see the way that comes about for you. And so Osai suddenly shared, you know, Julie, I've been thinking about the same thing, actually. And I said, really? I said, well, would you like to be my uh, first board member on my foundation? (laughs) And he actually said, yes. So that is really actually what birthed the foundation was that first yes. And it was amazing to watch the journey in which we got our 501c3 status by August of last year. And um, things started to come about. And that's wonderful how you just know it's the right thing when things start falling in place, right? Right. I mean, not to say that you don't think it's the right thing if you have challenges, because everybody has challenges when they're starting a nonprofit. But the people were in place and the the purpose and the passion was there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Oye, let us get to know you a little bit better. And then tell us why the name Marvell Foundation. Thank you very much, uh, uh, my name is Oye Oyewo, and uh, I'm a tech person. I'm not into uh, social development or so. I'm a very tech. I have tech background. I've consulted for World Bank, United Nations, and uh, all, all what have you in tech areas. But you'll find out that uh, based on our background of a humble background, and uh, coming from the background that uh, I lost my mom at a very tender age, and I have to grow up with my grandma, Now I saw the hand of God pushing my life in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So I saw that that was just marvelous work of God. At the age of 12, I scribbled down something about uh, foundation to be called marvel, Um, just to symbolize the marvelous work of God in my life. And uh, that was the acronym, and that's why it is my foundation. It's called marvel. It is a marvelous work of God. Oh, and uh, coming from that background, you'll find out that there are a lot of needs that uh, God were able based on. Uh, I am a faith-based person. And uh, based on that, that God could pull me through those uh, miracles, so to say. It was a marvelous work of God. And that is why that foundation, when I spoke to my friend uh, Julie, when uh, we were trying to put up uh, this foundation, I said, I have this vision as a young boy. Will you not mind to adopt it? He said, oh, that's awesome. Isn't that great how that came together? Yeah. Just uh, divine intervention, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, can say that. yeah. you had God brought the right people together, and he had a vision and a purpose in your heart, Oye, and it matched yours, yeah. Julie. and. And Oye was one of our team members, actually, during the exchange, and he actually stayed in my house, and so did Osai. So that's how I became friends with both of them, actually, and continue to be friends with both of them. So, I, you know, I think back, I, I, if it wasn't for that program in Rotary, I would have never met them that, you know, here too, these people from halfway around the world have now, <laughs> all of us have become such close friends and bonded. Um, and, and even that evening, you know, Osai shared, you know, for him, you know, such a passion for medical, and Oye has passions towards hepatitis and and yeah we want to learn about that but it just makes me think about how 
again, we talked about at the beginning of the show, these building these relationships yeah. and how it builds strong communities. And this is such a great example of that. Um, what was the passion, Oye, that inspired you in the formation of Marvell Foundation and the area of focus? Yeah. About seven years ago, a boy called Samuel went to the clinic to donate blood to his sister that just got involved in an accident. And when it was screened, the blood was screened before donation, and they got a verdict that uh, you cannot donate blood to your sister to save your sister. I said, why? I said, because you are hepatitis B positive. That was very devastating. Both of the sad stories that both of them lost their lives. Now, the story is that that Samuel is my younger brother. Mm. So I lost Samuel to hepatitis B. I wouldn't consider my family as uh, illiterate in, uh, by standard of Nigeria, but we don't know anything about hepatitis. So when that news broke out, I have to become an advocate of hepatitis, at least to make sure that by God's grace, we will take as many, we will save as many lives as God will grant us that opportunity to screen people of hepatitis B and C and get them vaccinated and get them treated to reduce the menace of hepatitis. Mm. Ah, with that, it, it also, I have to join force with some of my friends uh, to form Rotarian Action Group for Hepatitis Eradication. We call it otherwise Hepatitis Zero, which is a now becoming a staff project of Marvel Foundation because we have screened over 600,000 people and we have vaccinated people. And you know the hepatitis has to... The vaccination is three doses. So you must take the three doses before you are free so that you would not contract hepatitis. Mm -hmm. So that is what we have been doing across 44 countries of Africa. Mm -hmm. So we've been trying to save life. And the slogan is as simple as one drop of blood, one screening, and one life save. Mm -hmm. Just with one blood, a drop of blood, the moment you uh, screen the person, you have one drop of blood, one life save. First of all, I'm sorry for the loss of your brother and your sister, right? Yeah, thank you. Um, that's devastating. And again, we talk about people living through certain situations that God then uses that pain for greater things. Um, and not that that pain goes away, mm -hmm. but you can use that pain and use it in a way that's going to impact great numbers of people. You know, you talked about um, this hepatitis zero eradication project and how over 600,000 people have been served in this campaign across 44 countries that participated in the Pan-African project. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's awesome. And I think it's important to, to, to know what Oye was talking about, that we have 370 million people living with viral hepatitis B and C with only 8% of the infected people that are not diagnosed. Did I get that right? Yes. The statistic? It's only 8% of them that are diagnosed. 8% oh. of 370 million people. 
that are diagnosed, they are and, diagnosed. and you're on a mission to change to, to change, change that. the narrative. And uh, we, you find out that uh, this year's uh, World Hepatitis Day, the WHO came out with hepatitis can't wait. That's the theme for this year because it has been waiting for every other communicable diseases. Hepatitis this year, the theme is hepatitis can't wait. And uh, the global vision is to eradicate hepatitis by 20... Mm, 2030? Yeah, 2030. Okay, wow. Uh, Well, we could go on and we could spend hours, right, talking about this and building relationship right here in this room. Uh, But we're going to have to take a quick break. Um, So we're going to do that. But when we return, we're going to talk about some of the largest initiatives Marvell Foundation is involved in currently that take into account the passion and the calling of many individuals. So stay tuned, and we'll be back shortly. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community. With your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. I'm the Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking in these last segments with Oye Oyewo and Julie Craig from the Marvell Foundation. So uh, let's tap into this idea of, of the different initiatives. What What is your foundation's current largest initiative? Yeah, our, our largest initiative basically started right after we got our C3 status in August. Um, Oye, who's on the board, as you noted, Vice President Osai, um, and a couple other board members, we really, you know, what do we want to focus around? And I think because of both hepatitis and Osai's medical background um, and being, having been in Nigeria and they're from Nigeria, you know, we've seen the need. Um, there's a lot of little areas where there's like no medical access. There's no health insurance. You know, we're so lucky in this country that we have access to health insurance, but they don't over there. The percentage is, um, and Oye can quote this, that have health insurance is... You know, it's, uh, it's just less than 5%. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Every yeah. other payment is out of pocket Yes, for your head wow. bills. Yeah, okay. and so most people do not realize. I mean, it's either pay or die in some instances if you do not have the money. And, and we are never faced with that here in the States. And so that's why, I mean, I think it was just really an internal core thing for us that we wanted to have something available additionally for people. Um, and again, don't get me wrong, it's not that there aren't other clinics there, but the lack of them compared to the need. Yeah. And um, just very different from here. Yeah, You know, yeah. from what we are. There's nobody dying here no. from no. hepatitis B no. or C. Yeah. You know, and that's that's maybe yeah. the, the, the differentiator. So what happened is... Um, we had agreed on doing a medical clinic together. And um, me being here in the States, my goal was to help raise money. And I have, I have to tell you, I mean, I'm a background in accounting. I'm a CPA, you know. Um, so doing all my years of volunteerism, I was asked to raise money certain times. And for me, that was one of these, like, nail biters, like, oh, no, you know, not, not, not my forte. <laughs> um, but, you, you know, I stepped out and tried to do it. And, and I think what really changed me is when I saw the impact it made, right, you know, kind of the example I gave you, being an Indian, watching people with tears of gratitude just to get a dialysis machine. Um, so for me, it became much easier than to fundraise because I really re- realized the why behind I was fu- my fundraising was happening. So in this group of board members from Marvell Foundation, my role was to start raising money. 
And it was rolling into December. It was actually the Friday before Christmas. And I was sitting and had been thinking for some days prior, oh, I've been so busy with work. I'm really supposed to be raising money for this clinic. I really haven't done anything, you know, feeling a little beaten down about it. And I get a phone call and the gentleman says, you know, Julie, we just had a board meeting and we were talking about you. And I said, "Uh oh, I hope it was good. And and he's like, no, 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 no. He says, you've done projects and we've given you money and you're so great at giving us reports and telling us what's happening on the projects. And so we were really just talking about you because we wanted to know if you were doing anything. And I said, you got to be kidding. And he's like, no, really? And I said, yeah, I'm supposed to be raising money for this medical clinic. Told him a little bit about the medical clinic. And he says, Julie, we'd love to give you $50,000 towards the medical clinic. <laughs> Windfall. <laughs> yeah. I, well, wow. first, first I had to almost pick myself up off the ground. I literally <laughs> almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> and uh, I, I said, I think oh. I could take that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Do right? some great right? work with that. So they actually, um, he said, get me some stuff and let me know by next week, Tuesday. We want to look at it all and get you a check by the end of the year. So we already had our architectural drawings. We had been working on it. I called the Oye and Osaya in, in Africa and said, listen, I, I need that cost survey analysis. I need the narrative, you know, because I had to get more reports in for them. And uh, Tuesday came and went and I didn't have it. And I was thinking, oh, no, we're not going to get the money. Well, the... Christmas Eve day, I get a call from the gentleman and he says, Julie, can I stop by? I'm in town. I said, sure. I said, but I didn't get you anything. And he said, that's okay, Julie. I know you. He says, I'm going to stop. And he says, just show me when I get there and I'll write you the check. So we did get our 50000 We've continued to get other donations, and it's just been this miraculous, miraculous journey. Um, I had the privilege to travel to Africa in January, and with Oye and Osai, um, we kept thinking, well, this is a faith-based initiative. You know, maybe the clinic needs to have a chapel. Um, we looked at all of the sites, and this is a very true story, and the site <laughs> that was a site because it had a borehole and some other things Full-size church on one side, full-size church on the other. So how's that for God saying, build my clinic uh, right there? <laughs> well, all yeah. I have to say is yeah. Marvell, you know, right? miraculous That's, works of God. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And your donation coming around Christmas. How perfect is that? Yeah. So so we are um, just in the last stages of getting our certificate of registration for Nigeria. And then we, will ha- we have the money raised to buy the land. We are $13,000 short of the money for the clinic. And then we'll be raising the money for the medical equipment. Um, but it's, you know, talk about that like a, a, a year. Is, is That's less than a year from when I got the 50000 So it's been yeah. unbelievable. That's wonderful. Wow. So your, your largest initiative is this focus on hepatitis B and C, starting out this clinic, yep. getting the medical equipment that you need. Yes. Um, so there's, there's lots going on. You're saying that you're about $13,000 short of your your goal on that. So maybe there's somebody listening that would like to uh, share their treasures in that regard. So lots, lots going on uh, at Marvell Foundation and and with Rotarians, right? The show is is all about giving back, how anybody is capable of making a difference in the life of someone else. What would each of you say to someone who might be listening who wants to get involved somehow with with any nonprofit, really, but they just don't know what to do or where to start. What what would you say to them? Yeah, I will, we would just uh, welcome their support, their donations to save lives. 
we are on a mission to save lives and we will want anybody that is of that like mind to come on board with us and let us save life and let us impact life and let us change lives mm-hmm. and and sometimes when i think of all my years of volunteerism even back i mean when i was a young girl i went to parochial school and i had nuns for teachers and i i think it was those cute little nuns that really just inspired me to want to make a difference right and so i think when you're going to ask that question of how do i make a difference which i think sometimes people struggle with i think you sometimes just have to go inside you have to look inside and say to yourself like and i say to people sometimes just close your eyes and say like what would i love you know, and, and an example is I, I have a friend and she uh, had a really, you know, rough childhood growing up in South America. And so for her, you know, it's about young children, right, because of the, her rough upbringing and things. So she wants to help orphans. You know, so sometimes there's something inside you that really calls to you because of things that you've been through in your life, similar to our stories we've heard today with Oye and hepatitis. Yes. And which is why I think it's, it's not just... Um, wanting to just do something it's really something that we want to you know change lives and it comes from our hearts absolutely yeah i couldn't agree couldn't agree more um so how can people help to make these life impacting changes like what you all have shared today through rotary or through Marvell Foundation. Yeah, I mean, Rotary we discussed earlier, you know, connect with a local Rotary Club. It's amazing. Just rotary.org. Really easy. Our website is Marvell Foundation, M A R V E L L E Foundation. Dot org um, and check us out. Um, but we say to people, um, we're going to be looking for doctors to volunteer their time when the clinics open. Um, we are actually giving away Christmas dresses, a brand new Christmas dress to little girls in Africa and villages where they, they live on dirt floors and they don't have what we have. And you um, can look at that on the yeah, website. There's a yeah. great story about and we the children that. receiving their dresses. That's, yeah. that's awesome. So every year we do it. So it's mm. um, it's just a, it's a wonderful way to make a difference in somebody's life. Yeah. Right? As simple yeah. as a little Christmas stress yeah, right yeah absolutely well i want to thank my guest today uh, lisa werner district governor for rotary district 6270 and julie craig and oye oyewo representing marvell foundation and and rotary so thank you all for sharing your passion and your mission with us today thank you very much for thank you us. so much what yeah. a privilege thank you you're welcome and thank you to our listening audience for joining us today. Uh, I invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community on News Talk 1130 WISN. You can tune in on your radio or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to any one of hundreds of previously aired interviews with impactful stories like what was shared today. Uh, and we're also available on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or if you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. I always ask my guests what their call to action is, and so I'm going to give you mine. I encourage you to learn more about the many ways nonprofits are making a difference in our local communities as well as communities around the world. Figure out how you can practice respect and integrity, accountability, trust to build relationships with others, which in turn leads to these thriving communities. Be that person that dives in and gets involved in some way. It's like Matthew West's song called Do Something that says, if not us, then who? 
If not now, then when? Listen to that still small voice or that confirmation from others that invites you to be a part of something bigger than yourself. The time is now for all of us to do something. And I believe that by doing so, you are sure to be a blessing as well as give a blessing to someone. So let's do it. Let's be it and let's give it. Have a great day.